Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda a voice in the desert now here's crystal heath okay so i just went on twitter to let everyone in the universe or at least those precious few that follow me on twitter know that we were about to go live here this morning and (laughs) i discovered that twitter has released me into the grand world of 280 character tweeting and it's it's just it's it's too much it's too much should not be allowed to have 280 characters i mean you should if you understand Twitter, you understand why. If you don't understand Twitter, but you're on Twitter anyway, you can go check out at the Frittle. That's my account. And you can see the tweet that I just sent. And I was attempting to make a point with it. Um, and I believe I made that point somewhat effectively by annoying every single person that follows me and utilizing almost all of the 280 characters that were allotted to me. I mean, you can basically write a book on Twitter now. <sighs> Anyhow, lots of news today. As soon as my computer decides to cooperate, I will tell you about it. Uh, the big thing, of course, this morning to start the day is tax reform. Tax reform is back on the table. The president and uh, Congress are working to hopefully get something accomplished. Former tax code was 47 lines. The new tax code looks to be just 14. So what would actually change? Here's the things that we need to know because let's just face it. There are some media outlets that aren't particularly fond of the president and they will present everything that he does or supports as being negative. There are some media outlets that support the president and will present everything that he does as being positive. So let's talk about what it actually does uh, if it were to go through this tax reform proposal and then you decide. You decide if you think it's a good thing or a bad thing. Personally, I think it's a great thing. I think if this goes through, it will be easily the most significant accomplishment of the president's presidency, <laughs> of Trump's presidency. Uh, I wasn't laughing at that. I was laughing at the fact that I said president's presidency. Um, since he appointed Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. All right, so according to the theweeklystandard.com, I... Credit where credit is due. I did not have time to look through this whole proposal myself and break it down. So it's from theweeklystandard.com. This is what it does. The tax brackets would be altered. Currently, there are seven tax brackets ranging from 10 to 39.6%. Seven different brackets. Those would be condensed into three brackets of 12%, 25%, and 35%. Legislators may are looking at even another bracket above 35%, but for now, they're looking at three tax brackets. It would essentially double the standard deduction. So the standard deduction would increase to $24,000 for married couples and $12,000 for individuals and would include personal exemptions. So the, the, that change then would reduce people uh, itemizing as much, which would make the tax code simpler and fairer. Because, quite frankly, if you double the standard deduction, uh, that's going to eliminate a lot of itemized deductions. And by doing that, they can then justify ending most itemized deductions. It would keep uh, mortgage interest and charitable giving deductions, but would end most of the rest of them. The child tax credit would also be increased. There's not a whole lot of details on that yet, uh, but it would look to grow beyond the current $1,000 child credit and uh, currently the credit starts to phase out for married couples if they have over $110,000 in earnings. They're looking at increasing that number so that just because you make more money 
uh, and have children doesn't mean that you can't get a credit tax credit for them. Uh, it would repeal the alternative minimum tax and the estate tax. It would slash the corporate tax rate from 35 to 20%, which the way economic, economics work means that the economy would get a boost because then companies would be able to pay their workers more. They would be able to buy new computers, buy new tractors, buy new bulldozers, whatever it is that they need, and invest more in their company and less in the federal government, which, by the way, would most likely make the United States more competitive on an international scale. Taxes on small businesses would be capped at 25%. So right now, most business owners are filing taxes by their individual tax forms and paying individual tax rates uh, as self-employment. Those rates can be as high as 39.6%. Those are going to be taxed. No, they're going to be capped at 25%. Um, and there's a few other items as well, but that's, that's the gist of it. So I looked it up. There are some places that have tools that say, here, calculate what your, how your taxes would be different if this tax reform proposal would go through. I'm not entirely sure if I did it correctly because my taxes are incredibly complicated. Actually, they're less complicated this year than they've ever been before because I've always had, um, in the past, prior to coming to this station, I've always had what people might call a quote-unquote normal job and then at least one to two to three uh, self-employed gigs where I would write for different websites or or do consulting for different companies or social media managing for different things. Anyway, so I always had so many pieces of paper at tax time and so much stuff and self-employment taxes I'm telling you are are I I don't think that they were invented by people that love Jesus I'll just put it that way they're evil um and figuring them out is is not a pleasant thing so I'm not entirely sure I did it correctly on the little tax calculator thing that I used because I was literally just doing it five minutes ago because I just found it five minutes ago. So while you were listening to the introduction of the show, I was trying to figure out if I would save money. Sure enough, I would. For me, it would if I did it correctly, and I, I think that I did, I would save over $2,000 a year in taxes. That makes me happy. That makes me say, oh, yes, please. Now there was, okay, so again, because we have to disagree with the president on some things if we don't agree with him, or we have to disagree with Congress because they're Republicans if we're not, there are some people who think this is a bad thing. There was my favorite one. All right, okay, there, there comes a point where you just have to realize it doesn't matter if they're not on my team. If they're helping me, I should be rooting for them, Okay. My favorite liberal, yes, liberal tweet yesterday was from a a leftist who writes for a leftist publication, which is fairly well known. I'd never heard of her before, but she has a very significant Twitter following, so I assume that she is well known. She's verified by Twitter. Anyway, she tweeted out... The, the tax reform is basically nothing. So a family's going to save $1,000 a year. That's less than $100 a month. It's insignificant. And when I read that, I thought, how affluent do you have to be to where you think that $1,000 a year is insignificant or that $100 a month would not be beneficial? I don't know about you, but if, if you think along those same lines and you're like, Psh, that's nothing, what good is that going to do me? Uh, okay, I'll let you think that way. I, all I would ask is then if you would just give me your tax savings if Trump's reforms and uh, Paul Ryan's reforms go through, if you would just give me that $1,000 or whatever it is that you save because you, you think that it's insignificant, if you just pass it along to me, then I will make sure that it is wisely invested. I will give it to children who need food in Africa or even here in Las Vegas there, there are lots of things that you can do with $1,000. I didn't calculate it, but I'm pretty sure you could feed an entire orphanage in West Africa uh, for like, I don't know, three or four months 
on your insignificant $1,000 tax savings, if that is insignificant to you, then you are not using your money wisely or you do not understand the value of an American dollar because you have never tried to help people in other places of the world that would love, love to make $1,000 a year, let alone save that kind of money on their taxes. All right? So, this is a good thing. You should not... Excuse me. You should not... If if, if you look at the tax reform proposal and say, Psh, I'll save $1,000 a year. What good is this? I don't think there's hope. I, I just think we've reached a point where... It, if, if you hate Trump so much, so much, that you want to just bring down the plane that you yourself are sitting in, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we can help you. I really don't. And that's literally what it is. There are, <laughs> some people dislike the president personally so much that they would rather bring down the plane that they're sitting in than hope that it arrives safely at its destination. And look, I'm not, I'm not saying that everything that the president or Congress does is perfect. If you know me at all or you've listened to this program for any length of time, you understand that. I'm, that's, but I, this is a good thing. This tax reform is a good thing. It would do good things for our economy. It would do good things for American taxpayers. It would do good things for you. And it would do good things for me. Just go Google it. It's not hard. Google how much would I save under Trump tax reform. Use a little calculator. Check it out. And then share with me your savings on Twitter at The Friddle. And I will share them with the rest of the world. Because people need to know. All right. Um, I have lots to go over regarding the NFL take a knee slash NFL boycott thing. So I think we're going to take a break a little bit early here. And then when we get back, we'll jump right into that because I have a, a lot of data there to go over. We'll see what else we get to. I have many, many stories. Um, the, the son of the Hamas founder, you wouldn't believe what he was saying at the UN earlier this week. And I... I'm a little bit irritated because this whole NFL thing is overshadowing so much that's happening and so much news, real news, actual non-fake news. But I, I, need, to, I need to talk about it because I said that I would. So we'll address the NFL issue in just a minute. Then hopefully we'll have some more time because I really want to get to uh, what was going down at the UN earlier this week. I also want to tell you about a young man named Dante. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully we have time to get to those stories today. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. All right, that was noteworthy with Be Thou My Vision. Let's talk about the NFL issue so that we can move on. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address this from so many different angles right now and present to you... Each case that I can possibly think of on both sides, which really isn't that complicated, to be perfectly honest with you, but we're going to look at a lot of different things, and then I'm going to move on. After today, uh, I'm not going to address this anymore because I talked about it. Uh, I, I began this conversation earlier this week on Tuesday's program. Tuesday? I don't know where that accent came from. If you missed it, you can go check that out on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes. Just search The Frittle Show. It'll take you right to it so you can listen to part one of this conversation. We're going to pick off... Pick... No, we're not. We're going to pick up where that conversation left off. I'll review a little bit because I, I started into my thoughts on this on Tuesday, but we just didn't have time to get to all of them. So, let's address the issue. As you probably know, unless you have been completely media-less and living up by Mount Charleston for the past two weeks. Uh, the president was at a, essentially a campaign rally last week and said that NFL players who took a knee 
Uh, he called them an expletive and then said that they should be fired if they are kneeling for the flag and kneeling during the anthem. Now, in substance, as far as the issue of whether or not kneeling for the flag is disrespectful and if that is something that should be done, I would say no, and therefore I would agree with the president in that instance. However, the way in which that statement was made was probably less than ideal, and we're going to look at all angles of this here. So that's just, that's the background. Uh, The president said that, and then this past Sunday we had 12% of NFL players that protested during the anthem by kneeling, which was a very significant increase from the week before, which we will also get into momentarily. So, let us begin. First of all, you're kneeling during the anthem. You're kneeling in front of the flag. If, if, this is if you are doing this because you think that you need to draw attention to an issue and you think that you need to use your platform to do so there are other ways that you can use your platform as an NFL player to bring attention to your cause protesting during the anthem protesting the flag itself even if you say that that's not what you're protesting it is because that's when you're com- conducting this protest is that in my opinion exceptionally foolish Yes. Do I disagree with kneeling during the anthem? Yes. 100%. Because, and I discussed this on Tuesday, but when it comes down to it, America is an idea. It's, it's unlike any other country in the world because it is an idea. And the flag represents that idea. And the idea of America is that everyone, no matter who they are, And regardless of what has happened in our past, this is the foundational idea of America is that liberty and justice should be available to all people and that all people have certain unalienable rights endowed to them by their creator. And when you protest the flag or you protest the national anthem, you're not protesting injustice. You're protesting the idea of America. You're protesting liberty and justice for all. You're protesting individuals having certain unalienable rights given to them by their creator. That is what you are protesting when you kneel for the anthem or you disrespect the flag. That is what what you are protesting. You're protesting the very thing that you say you most want, which is liberty and justice for all. And I believe that deep down, those players that are actually committed to the original uh, cause of the protest, and I'll, I'll get to what I mean by that in just a second, but those players that wanted to bring attention to an issue, what they wanted to draw attention to was what they felt was a lack of justice, what they felt was injustice in our country. But by protesting the flag, you're protesting liberty and justice for all. So it doesn't work. If, if you want more liberty, if you want more justice, if you want to see things done right, you shouldn't be protesting the very thing that stands for and stands as a beacon of hope and freedom in the entire world. So that's, that's my introductory statement on this issue because I think that it is simply foolish and ignorant to be protesting during the recognition of the very thing that stands for the thing that you say you most want, which is liberty and justice. Now, let's look at the issue of kneeling itself in the NFL. Colin Kaepernick began this, I I think it was actually two years ago now. Colin Kaepernick, by the way, who was... Adopt, who is biracial, was adopted by white parents and raised in a white family, uh, saw what was happening in our country and said, something needs to be done about this. I'm going to use my platform as an NFL player to draw attention to what I think are gross injustices against the African-American community in this country. So he decided that the best way to do that, in his opinion, was to take a knee or sit during the national anthem. During the short time that he remained in the NFL, after he began this crusade, there were a handful of players here and there, one player on one team, two to three on some others, very few 
that participated alongside him, but every once in a while here and there, and particularly after there had, if there was, uh, if there had been a, a, a an officer involved shooting or things like that, then you would see a, an increase for a week or maybe two, and then it would start to die off again. And then Kaepernick actually left the NFL, which I'll get to that point in just a moment. But Kaepernick's been gone now for a while. There were a few players that knelt last year. This year, we're only three weeks into the football season. In week two of NFL football, so not this past Sunday, but the Sunday prior, there was one player who knelt. There were five players who sat. So there was a grand total of six NFL players who protested during the national anthem. That is less than 0.5% of NFL players who were protesting during the anthem in week two of NFL football. If you actually follow the NFL and you've been watching this whole thing unfold, you would notice that the whole anthem protest issue has been on the decline steadily since it began and was likely to die and phase out pretty much completely until if there would be at some point in the future, and there will be, an officer-involved shooting that gets politicized. Until then, it was going to be a non-issue. Fast forward to week three, this past Sunday, and it's the headline in every uh, sports programming and every media outlet. Either they're outraged because they're kneeling or they're outraged because they're not kneeling. There's outrage, 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 and we had 12% of NFL players who knelt. Now, 12% is a significant number, but it is dwarfed by the 88% of NFL players that did not protest in week three. And yet, what is the story? The story is, oh my goodness, the NFL is so evil. Look at all these players. No, no, it's a very small number. We went, granted, I get it, it's a big jump to go from 0.5% to go to 12%, but that's still, this, that's, that's not that significant. And, by the way, I know that people don't like to talk about this aspect of it, but if you look at week two, six players protesting, to week three, I believe it was 182 players protesting, what changed? There wasn't an officer-involved shooting. There wasn't this major race conflict in America. No. And the very inconvenient truth is the kneeling during the anthem that happened during week three in NFL football was not about racism. It was not about the flag. This week's demonstrations were about protesting President Trump. That is what it was about. You may not like that. But it's just a fact. And even still, 88% stood. That to me, as, as I said again on Tuesday, that to me is the most amazing fact about this whole thing. Because after the president's remarks, um, I, I, I thought there we would see at least half or more NFL players kneeling. And I'll, I'll get into this more in a few minutes, but... That, that kind of what happens when you insult people is you, you ex- don't expect them to turn the other cheek, per se. And we'll, we'll get with that in just a minute. But when, the point I'm getting to here is that this was a dying moment, that is movement, rather, that's very much alive now in our country again. And whether it be Obama or Trump or Bush or Clinton, pick your favorite president, my preference for a president is that he governs rather than that he campaigns because campaigning is divisive and it always will be and this this whole issue was reborn due to what was essentially a campaign stop when you should be governing or campaigning i didn't like it when obama did it i'm not a big fan of it now because the President Trump has managed to do what Colin Kaepernick never could, and he's gotten more than 10% of NFL players to protest during the anthem. Now, there are those, and we're going we're gonna to get into more of each of these. I'm just going down through my list here, but there are those who are saying on social media that Colin Kaepernick should not be in the NFL, that Colin Kaepernick is not a good example to... Uh, America's youth or or that Colin Kaepernick did this or Colin Kaepernick did that let me tell you something Colin Kaepernick has been out of the NFL for over a year so if you're mad about Colin Kaepernick that ship has sailed long since 
He's not in the NFL. Again, I said this on Tuesday. Those calling for boycott the loudest are those who watch football the least because they don't even know that Colin Kaepernick is not even playing in the NFL. And I've gone into this into detail before, but if Colin Kaepernick wanted to be playing in the NFL right now, he would be. So don't believe anyone that tells you differently. I don't have time to get into the ramifications of all of that. But he, uh, I'll, I'll summarize for you briefly. He took a a pay cut from the 49ers. Rather than having the 49ers pay him all that he could have had and then had the 49ers try to trade him, he took a pay cut from the 49ers so that he could have the option of opting out of his contract and leaving the team on his own of his own choice. And that is what he did. He took a pay cut to opt out of his contract to leave the team of his own free will. Now, if he had stayed with the team and the team has his whole contract to play, to pay, then it is highly likely that they attempt to trade him and he then goes on to another NFL team. Also, during that whole fiasco, the Denver Broncos had just lost Peyton Manning. They're, or, uh, excuse me, not Peyton Manning, Brock Osweiler. They're looking, well, they lost both, but anyway, I, I did a whole podcast that goes into in-depth of what happened with Colin Kaepernick because there's so much misinformation there about him on both sides. So you can go and listen to that. Again, SoundCloud, iTunes, just look for The Frittle Show. Kaepernick could have been a starter for the Denver Broncos and likely gone to the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos the year following Peyton Manning's retirement, but he didn't want to take a pay cut. And I believe it was something like a $14 million pay cut, but he still would have been making millions upon millions of dollars. He did not want to take that pay cut, and rather than go to the Broncos and potentially lead a Super Bowl a team to the Super Bowl, he chose to leave the NFL. So don't let anyone tell you that Colin Kaepernick is not playing football because of his anthem protest. That is incorrect. Colin Kaepernick is not playing football because Colin Kaepernick did not want to take a pay cut to play for the Denver Broncos, who were Super Bowl champions, but chose to take a pay cut from the 49ers so that he could leave the NFL of his own free will. Okay? That's the Kaepernick issue in a nutshell. He hasn't been playing in the NFL since that time. So you don't need to protest Colin Kaepernick. He's out. Now, there is this meme going around on social media that says this, or something along these lines. But most of the ones I've seen say this. It says, thinking that NFL players are protesting the flag is like thinking Rosa Parks was protesting public transportation. Excuse me. Now, to a point, I agree with this. Uh, I believe that the vast majority of those who protested on Sunday were not protesting the flag. In fact, I would say that probably none of them were actually protesting the flag. The thing is, they also weren't protesting or trying to bring attention to race issues. That was not the issue. They were responding directly to the president. Again, you can like that or not like that, but if you look at the actual statistics and facts, there's no way around it. But where I disagree with this statement is in having an actual understanding and remembrance of Colin Kaepernick's whole, uh, when he made this a thing, He specifically stated that he was protesting both the flag and the anthem. So this did begin with a protest of the flag. Kaepernick, uh, after his, I believe it was the second time he had knelt in, what, I don't remember, what, I think it was early... Late 2015, early 2016, somewhere in there. But he said this. He said, I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. So, yes, is he trying to draw attention to racial issues? He is. But he specifically said that it's about the flag. He is going to not respect the flag because he doesn't agree with what's going on. So he was making it about the flag. So it is while it is correct that current NFL players, I don't believe, are protesting the flag, this did begin specifically as a protest of the flag and a protest of all that our country stands for. Kaepernick said so. And by the way, Kaepernick is essentially a socialist. I don't have time to get into all of that angle of this, but comparing Colin Kaepernick to Rosa Parks does Rosa Parks an absolutely gross injustice. You don't have to take my word for it. Look at their lives. Look at what they believe. Look at what they stand for. One is a liberty and justice loving American. The other would like to see socialism instituted throughout the world. So you can just, you can go do that research on your own. 
All right, next up. Oh, man, I don't even know if we're going to get through all this NFL stuff. I literally have, like, ten more bullet points of this, so we're going to have to move kind of quickly here. Boycotts. So so we have people that are boycotting the NFL. I'm not going to go real far into this because I did on Tuesday, but let me just say this. Uh, there were people... <laughs> I tweeted something about watching a football game. How dare I? Uh, uh, this past weekend, and I got angry tweets about how I was supposed to be boycotting the NFL, and I was like, I'm, I'm not going to boycott the NFL. I love America, I like football, and I stand for my flag along with the 88% of NFL players who stood for the flag today. I'm not going to boycott the NFL. I'm just not because, one, I think this issue is being way overblown. I think the vast majority of the NFL respects the flag, and even those who knelt, I believe, respect the flag. I believe this was a reaction to the president. And still, again, ignorant, wrong, stupid, but I, I don't think this is really about the flag. And more so for me is I I try to live my life in a way that is consistent. So if I'm going to boycott the NFL because I disagree with what 12% of the players are doing, then I need to boycott everything that comes out of Hollywood because I disagree with way more than 12% of what's going on in Hollywood. I also probably need to boycott Starbucks, Target, Walmart, any organization where I like to shop. I would need to look into every restaurant chain that I like and see who they're giving money to. Like, I just, I wouldn't be able to live life. So, no, I'm not boycotting the NFL in order to attempt to be consistent in my life. And I, I, I just haven't found an organization yet with which I agree 100%. I don't even agree with myself 100% of the time. So, I, I, I just don't do boycotts. And I went really into the boycott thing on Tuesday's show. You can go look it up. But through all of this, I think that the media has gotten exactly what it wanted. It took the minority and it made you think that everyone and everything is involved in this or affected by this in some way. And I think that the president got exactly what he wanted. He played to the outrage culture and everyone on both sides took the bait. Now this is about Trump. I, so there's two theories on that. This was either a calculated attempt to appeal to his base and or cover up the fact that we have some major issues happening in the world and some things that aren't getting accomplished in his presidency that should be, or, you know, it's possible he's just spouting off and didn't think through the possible divisiveness. I have my own personal opinion on that. I'll let you make your own decision. Uh, but either way, Trump has now effectively aligned himself with the flag. And now if you are protesting uh, Trump, you are protesting the flag. So he's, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I have a strong opinion on what he did there, but I will let you decide what you think on that one. And again, he is absolutely right on the substance. Kneeling is disrespectful. Regardless of if you think he did it on purpose or if it was just a, a, a misstep, if it was politically calculated or not, doesn't matter. The substance of what he's saying is correct. But if you're interested in winning friends and influencing people, this is not the way to do it. When you call someone and their friends by expletive insults, that, in my opinion, is not only beneath the office of the president, but it is inflammatory, and you're challenging the opposite party to punch you back. And of course they did. You called them the name that you called them, and not only in doing so did you insult them, but you insulted their mothers. Like, seriously? Why? Not a good idea. And by the way, I happen to know one of these mothers. I personally am friends with the mom of an NFL player who knelt last year and knelt this past Sunday. He hadn't knelt previous two weeks of NFL football, but this past Sunday he did. And I, I know his mom. And politically, we don't always agree, but she is one of the nicest people I know. And she is doing good things in the community in which she lives. She overcame incredible personal uh, oppression in her life. And you just... I. Of course I expected him to kneel. Not only did you insult him, but you insulted his mom. You, you, you called him a name and you called his mom a name. You don't think that he's going to kneel after that? Like, did anyone not think that this was what was going to happen when the president said this? Again, it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it okay. 
But let's let's look at it from both sides. Let's be truly fair and balanced, shall we? I mean, if you if you walk up to someone and you call them the name that Trump called them, would you expect them to smile at you politely and say, oh, thank you for your great insight into my life and my decisions. Allow me to now modify my behavior to reflect your correct uh, perception of what I have been doing. No, of course not. They're going to punch you in the face and probably twice, at least. So, <laughs> and I get it. The NFL, the NFL has its own issues. I understand that the NFL would not allow players to put decals on their helmets to honor fallen police officers in Dallas after the tragedy there. The NFL would not allow NFL players to remember 9-11 victims and its heroes on their cleats. To me, that is unpatriotic. And that's un-American. But Kaepernick was allowed to wear socks that portrayed cops as pigs. Now, granted, when he wore those, it was only during practice. It wasn't during actual games. But still, clearly the NFL is not perfect. Or at the very least, one player was pretty messed up in the head and got this whole thing started. But isn't it interesting the difference that one person can make on either side of this? I mean, think about it. Colin Kaepernick wore socks, and we still talk about them today. Yet his cause was dying, but in three sentences, one man completely revived his movement. Amazing to me. And then we could talk about the misinterpreted attention, intentions, which I think they were. We had three teams that just chose uh, to stay in the locker room entirely. Uh, or, excuse me, two teams, the Steelers and the Titans. And then, of course, we had Alejandro Villanueva, who came out of the Steelers' locker room and stood for the anthem, and then later apologized, and you have all this... All this stuff about that issue. And then you had the Steelers' owner, who issued a statement and said, Look, everybody... We love America. We love our country. You, you got this all wrong. We weren't trying to protest as a team. We were trying to avoid all the drama. So rather than come out and have it be who's standing, who's kneeling, who's protesting, who's not, we just decided we're going to keep everybody inside, and then we don't have to deal with that issue. Because guess what? You're not going to see anybody standing. You're not going to see anybody kneeling. We're just going to stay out of it. So that was his intention. Now, you can think that that's a bad idea. You could think it was misguided. But his intent as the owner was to avoid making conflict. And instead, we, we, our, our society just took it and was like, look at the evil stealers. Then with the Titans, the Titans also didn't come out. But then we find out Eric Decker is a wide receiver for the Titans. His wife sings national anthem, sings the national anthem at NFL games. She came out on Instagram and was like, "Look, you all are mad at the the Titans players. They didn't even know that they were missing the anthem. The team didn't even give them the option. When the, the their regular countdown till when they went out on the field, they just delayed it. So they thought they were going out on the field as normal, and it was already past the anthem by the time they got out there. They didn't even know that wasn't." How do, you, how do you get mad at players that don't even know that they're missing the anthem? And you could be like, well, how could they not hear it in the locker room? Well, there are a lot of ways you could not hear it in the locker room, which I don't have time to get into. Then you had the Cowboys. The Cowboys collectively, as a team, came out on the field and knelt. And if you look at the pictures and you read the headlines, it looks like the entire Cowboys organization was kneeling for the national anthem. They weren't. The Cowboys decided, all right, we want to make a stand. We want to present a unified front. We want to say that we don't agree with what the president said and we support the First Amendment and so on and so forth and what have you. And they're like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to come out. We're going to take a knee before the anthem as a team and then we will stand for the anthem. And that's what they did. And people are mad about that. I, if, if you actually support the First Amendment, I, I understand the patriotic side and why you're upset if people are kneeling during the anthem. But if now you're upset that they knelt before the anthem collectively to make a statement and then stood during the anthem, now you're crossing a pretty fine line. Okay, so if you're mad at any of those three teams or any of those three teams players, I, I would disagree on those ones. I mean, you could talk about individuals uh, that knelt or didn't kneel on different teams if you want, but on those three, I think that we are taking things very much the wrong way because we're not willing to look at every side of this issue. Which, and here's another, I just, I'm telling, I could go on about this for so long. We could also talk about the issue of, of Christians and small businesses versus NFL players. 
We could talk about how some people seem to have rights and other people don't. I mean, NFL players have the right to their belief, even if it's potentially illegal, which I'll get to in just a moment. But small business owners don't have the right to their beliefs. This is why I warn over and over and over again on this program about learning to look at issues on an individual basis objectively and not just going with the first round of talking points or what you think your team wants uh, you to say or that they're saying. No, you have to have convictions based on the merit of, of the specific occurrence because eventually this is what's going to happen. Eventually the other side is going to be doing what they said that you shouldn't be doing or you're going to be doing what you said the other side shouldn't be doing. And right now, the left in this country is all about personal First Amendment rights and beliefs and convictions. But when it comes to not baking a cake due to religious conviction or not photographing a wedding that happens to be for a gay couple, those individual rights, that conscience rights, that doesn't seem to matter. Hypocrisy much? I'd say yes. Additional case in point, Tim Tebow. Remember that thing called Tebowing? The phenomena that swept the country? I did it. I did it in my boss's house. I did it at a ski resort, actually several ski resorts. I Tebowed in other countries. I Tebowed all over the place because Tebow was making a difference. He was making a statement and it was fantastic and it was a phenomena. And then we won the our first playoff game with him and then he left and now it's just sad because he's playing baseball and stuff. But Tebow, Tebowing the media didn't like. They didn't appreciate the fact that Tebow would interject his personal opinion and his personal faith into sports by kneeling. But now, kneeling is all the rage. What's up with this? And by the way, flip side, if you didn't have a problem with Tebowing, then you probably shouldn't have a problem with the Cowboys kneeling before the anthem. Again, let's be consistent. And I really wish I had time. I, I, I found this great article yesterday from Politico that gets into the history of the anthem at sporting events. And it, it started at a baseball game. Oh, how much time do I have? All right. I'm just going to get into, I'm just going to give you a couple, um, a couple highlights. All right. It was played at, at, at baseball games as far back as 1862, even before it became our national anthem. But in September 6, 1918, which, by the way, it was still prior to becoming our national anthem, it was the World Series between the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs, and the band in Chicago played the Star Spangled Banner during the seventh inning stretch. The U.S. was in the midst of World War One, and the Cubs' third baseman, his name at the was Fred Thomas. He was on leave from the Navy at the time, and when he heard the song, he saluted, he turned to the flag and saluted during the anthem. Other players followed his lead, and then the crowd sang along. The Cubs realized that they were onto something, so they played the anthem during the seventh inning stretch for the next two games. Then the series returned to Boston, where the Red Sox would go on to win in six games. And the Red Sox decided they were going to try and outdo the Cubs by playing the anthem at the beginning of their games. And that's how the tradition was born. Now, not all teams adopted it. It didn't happen all the time. It was, it was particularly prevalent during uh, periods of war that, uh, that, that this would happen. But the anthem would be played not only at the beginning of sporting events, but at the beginning of movies. At any public event, the anthem would be played. It was just a way of showing uh, patriotism and, by the way, support for our troops. The main reason that these sports teams, if you go and read the history of it, is they were playing the anthem as a way to remember and support our troops. That's what it was about. So yeah, that is really what we're protesting. Now, the legality of this whole thing, and then we'll, and then I'll wrap it up and we'll be done. There's another meme going around on social media that claims to quote the NFL rulebook in saying that players are required to stand uh, and be respectful during the anthem. That is actually not true. That is nowhere to be found in the NFL rulebook. The only thing we can find that is even remotely applicable to this situation is in the NFL rulebook under Article 8, Section 4, and it's titled Equipment, Uniforms, and Player Appearance. It says... 
quote, throughout the period on game day that a player is visible to the stadium and television audience, including in pregame warmups, in the bench area, and during postgame interviews in the locker room or on the field, players are prohibited from wearing, displaying, or otherwise conveying personal messages, either in writing or illustration, unless such message has been approved in advance by the league office. So I would say that, that the whole kneeling thing is pretty borderline on, on this, on Article 8, Section 4 of the NFL rulebook. I think we could say that they're in violation of this, or maybe they're not. I don't know if the NFL is just trying to be politically correct, or I, I'm not a lawyer, so maybe this isn't in violation of this. But regardless of what the NFL rulebook says, U.S. Code which, by the way, is the collection of public law in this country, U.S. Code, as related to the National Anthem, 36 U.S. Code 301. So it's Title 36, Subtitle 1, Part A, Chapter 3, Section 301, National Anthem. During, this is what it says, this is U.S. Code. This is public law in the United States. This is what it says. During a rendition of the National Anthem, when the flag is displayed, individuals in uniform should give the military salute at the first note of the anthem and maintain that position until the last note. Members of the armed forces and veterans who are present but not in uniform may render the military salute in the manner provided for individuals in uniform and... All other persons present should face the flag and stand at attention with their right hand over their heart, and men not in uniform, if applicable, should remove their hats with their right hand and hold it at the left shoulder, the hand being over the heart. And when the flag is not displayed, all present should face toward the music of the anthem and act in the same manner they would if the flag were displayed. So I'm not entirely sure why we're talking about the disrespectful aspect of this whole thing when we could potentially be talking about the illegality of it. And yeah, the First Amendment does have its exceptions. You can't yell fire in a theater, for example. And I have to wonder if this is is one of them, if we make exceptions for this. But regardless, again, because I have to wrap this up here, I think that it is both ignorant and disrespectful to our flag and to those who have fought and died for our country to kneel during our anthem. I think when you when you kneel in protest of the flag, you are kneeling in protest of the idea of America. The idea of America is liberty and justice for all. The idea of America is that God has given each individual certain unalienable rights. And if you are kneeling to protest injustice by protesting the American flag, you're 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 protesting the very idea that you say you want. So to me, it just doesn't work. I I think it's the height of ignorance about what America is and what our flag stands for to kneel during the anthem as as a way of hoping for more justice. I, I just don't get that. I think what the Cowboys did is actually a good idea. If these players want to take a knee, take your collective knee before the anthem. If it's truly not about the flag or the anthem or disrespecting our troops, but simply to raise awareness, it helps your cause much more if that's how you go about it. I think it is wrong and possibly illegal to kneel during the anthem. And again, it just it shows an ignorance of what America is, but I also believe this would be a non-issue if Trump had not invoked himself into the conversation. And as for boycotting, do what you believe is best for you, But if you're boycotting Kaepernick, remember, he's not even playing football. And if you're boycotting the NFL, you're boycotting 12% of players, which will likely be less this week, by the way, unless the president continues to invoke himself. And no, the NFL isn't perfect. I get it. It's far from perfect. It never has been. It never will be. But if you're going to boycott the NFL, then probably there are a lot of other things in your life you should be boycotting. But in the end, you've got to make the decision on what you believe is best for you and for your family. And if you are watching football with your family this weekend and you see uh, players or coaches or staff kneeling, I don't know that you need to turn off the TV. Maybe you should. Or maybe you can have that conversation with your kids about what America really is, what America was founded upon, and why it is that we stand for the anthem. I mean, rather than just throwing it out there as, oh my goodness, this is ridiculous, we stand during our anthem, why don't we take the time to explain why? 
Why don't we have a conversation looking at all angles of why are these players doing this? Do they even understand what they're doing? Why do we even have the anthem played at sporting events anyway? Why don't we use it as a conversation starter with our kids and our families? Why don't we use it to look at the history of who we are and where we've come from? Again, I don't agree with what they're doing. Not at all. But I honestly think that this is more of a, of a protest of the president, quite frankly, and it's done out of, out of foolishness. They don't understand why the anthem is played at sporting events. They don't understand the history of it. And they don't understand the idea of America. They don't understand how blessed we are in this country. And this is an opportunity for those of us who who do stand during the anthem, to not just say, I stand because I'm an American and I love America. Well, why? Why do you love America? Don't just teach your kids to love America because that's what we do, because we're Americans. Yeah, that is what we do because we're Americans, but why? What is it that makes America special? Talk about our founders. Talk about our godly heritage. Talk about the things that the media isn't talking about. And I guarantee you, if your children understand why we love America and why we stand for the flag, they're not going to be kneeling in the future. But if it's just about standing because that's what we do, because this is America, red, white, and blue, well then, there, I... That's not it. You're missing an opportunity if that's all it's about. So, watch football. Don't watch football. But no matter what you do, have that conversation with your family and your kids. Don't, don't go hide by, by... Don't hide your light under a bushel. If you have that understanding, share it with somebody else. If you don't, then educate yourself so that you can help your kids and family and friends understand why you do... Or why you don't watch football this weekend. And that's all the time we have left for today. Tomorrow is Friday, which means that I'm going to give stuff away. Don't miss out on that. And join us on Sunday. Our services are at 930 and 1115 here at Liberty Baptist Church. Our address is 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. We'd love to have you here with us. If you can't be here in person, you can stream our service online at experienceliberty.com. Or if you like us on Facebook at Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, you can watch a live stream of our service there. And hey, by the way, mark your calendars October 8th. So not this Sunday. The Sunday after is our Harvest Festival. We're going to have free pumpkins for everyone. There's going to be bounce houses. There's going to be pony rides. There's going to be food trucks. It's going to be a fantastic day here at Liberty. You do not want to miss it. Have a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. (music) 